Hey, y'all. Yes, a brand new season. Season five, y'all. Season five. And we're here. Yes. We have a dope interview today with the lovely Jamie McCoy Lanford. And it's going to be amazing. She is a executive producer in film. And she's definitely in the building right now. Um, you are hearing her music in the background, and she does wonderful work in Black Hollywood, and now back into the music industry. So we're gonna take a have a, an intimate conversation to talk about the movies that she has produced, what she's doing now. She's even gonna have a song with MJG. How classic is that? Omar Gooden. How classic is that? New movie coming out tomorrow, and we're gonna get into it. Nice thriller, you know, so we can see that she's very versatile in the work that she does, and we're going to discuss it. So let me bring her in, and we could get started. Yes! Hi, can you hear me? How are you? I am great. Sorry about the technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah, it's always these things going on on IG. You yes. would think they would have their stuff together by now. You would think so. <laughs> How are you? Yes, I couldn't, I couldn't, I'm good. I couldn't press the invite button. I'm like, why? I'm trying. I can see everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a lot to talk about. You have uh, a lot of new projects that's coming out. Yeah. Um, one of the things is um, You'll Never Go Home. Mm -hmm. I think I got it right. You Can Never yeah, Go Home never, Again. Yeah. yeah, You Can Never Go Home Again yeah. with Omar Gooden, which is going to be released tomorrow. Mm -hmm. um, it's an action-packed thriller. And I see that you're very versatile, but I kind of want to know what inspired that movie? Um, the movie was actually... Um, written by a gentleman that I work with by the name of Charles Morris um, and another lady by the name of Rebecca. And the directors, actually, Bobby and Renee Peoples, actually brought the script to us. And we fell in love with it. Um, the previous title was actually Teachers Watching. And when we did the deal with Lifetime, they wanted to change the name. So we were fine with that. And um, it's just really, really, it's a really good typical lifetime movie network thriller you know um it's not a chick flick i can tell you that it's not just a chick flick men are gonna like this film too because it has a lot of twists and turns in it and it was just it was a really good fun film to make it was intense to make and we're really excited about the outcome and we're very excited about the premiere of it tomorrow night at 8 p.m on element yes now you know i, I mean i know it's not a, a chick flick but it, it looks like one of those single white females, but instead of them fighting over the white dude, they fighting over that good old black yes, dude. Yes, 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 yes. So, so I mean, do do you see a lot of that happening in the news now? Is is is, is that become a thing uh, where um, women are fighting over men to the point of no return, where they killing each other? Yeah, and it's that's what that's what I get from the trailer. Like yeah. you know, one chick goes berserk, she yeah. gets jealous. And start going ham, kidnapping kids and everything. Yeah, because she re she really wants the life. She wants to be in the place of the wife. She wants the husband. She wants the child, and she wants that life. And unfortunately, we do have a lot of issues like that in real life uh, with men and women. You got some men that go crazy, you know, and just get totally, you know, obsessed with people, you know. So even though this was a fun film to make. You know, it does have some elements of it where you'd be like, okay, this is this is a red flag. I might need to look at this stuff maybe in some of my relationships or something. But it's a really good film. You guys would be very entertained. Yes. Now, since we on the discussion of that movie and one of the key stars is Omar Gooding, I've read that you were about to um, release a, a song, another song with him and um, MJG. Yeah. MJG, though. <laughs> yeah. I just got to say that. Yeah. That's classic hip hop right there. Yeah. So, but I never knew Omar Gooding does music. Like, I will always see him on the screen somewhere. Mm -hmm. So, what is he doing? Singing a rapper. What happened? Omar is actually a very good rapper. Yeah, he's, he's he got bars. Yeah, he's a really good lyricist. He writes great lyrics, and a lot of people don't know that he actually just released an EP 
about a week ago. So, but it's, it's in his blood, you know, him and Cuba's father, um, Cuba Gooding Sr. You know, he was a singer, he was in the music business and he was in the group, the main ingredient. So he gets it honest. So when you really look at his family, you'll be like, well, why wouldn't he be in the music industry? But he's a phenomenal actor. Um, we enjoyed, you know, doing the film with him. And, you know, when him and I started vibing on music, you know, it just kind of just worked, you know, and him and I did the record together. The record is called Back and Forth. And so we'll be releasing that next month as well as a video for that. And so Omar and I did our collaboration first. And then we brought MJG into it. And MJG just really sealed the deal. He really, you know, made it pop. And actually Omar can sing too. Oh, he could do that. Yeah, but I'm, oh, I gotta yeah. check him out. I need to go. I need to go check. I need to talk to that dude right yeah. there because I was surprised. And another surprising element, like I said, was MJG. That's yeah. classic hip hop right there. So I can't wait to listen to the song. Yeah. But since we we also talking about the music, that's how you started in mm. the industry. Mm -hmm. So can we get get a little background for those that may not know? Because um, to my understanding, you took a 15 year hiatus. And even though you started out act actively doing music, you was managing. Mm -hmm. So can we get a little um, background of how that all started and why you made that shift into film? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you're right. I've been singing for a long time, ever since I was in college. And, you know, from days of performing on the Today Show and a lot of different venues. And, you know, I, I sung for years and then I actually kind of just got thrown into the music management side of it really literally overnight. And I really didn't even know what I was doing, <laughs> you know, but, you know, I, I studied it and I just, you know, took over, you know, with it. And I had a very extensive management career from managing Pastor Troy out of Atlanta, Big V of the National okay. Roots, the R&B group Ideal. Um, and I really had okay. a good extent, you know, at that. And it was really great. Um, but I started in the music industry at such a young age that as I was getting older, I knew that that was not where I wanted to retire or end up. And then I actually got burnt. Wait, 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 wait hold on, hold on. So like when, but what was that, that connection like? Because did you like start as a, like a group or a solo artist? Mm -hmm. And did you put out works before you became into management? Mm -hmm. And what was that turnaround point that made you, I mean, I don't understand you throw into it, but like, was it, was it a person that you met in particular that put you in that scene or people was just coming at you, like you was giving off a vibe that you was able to handle their career? Yeah. Um, you know, musically, you know, I performed a lot. I released, you know, a lot. And then, and, you know, my singing career really was shorter than my managing career, to be honest with you, because I really got thrown into management around 2005. And so, and actually, Pastor Troy was my first artist that I was working with. And I really just kind of got thrown into that. And I guess, you know, I do give a vibe of, you know, a businesswoman and, and a boss and all this. I've always done that even at a younger age. So I think that that's what attracted a lot of artists to me because they could see how I was really handling my own career, you know? And yes. yeah. And so I just, you know, kind of got thrown into it and it just, it grew legs so fast, you know, to where everything was just really, really, you know, I'm, I'm booking Pastor Troy for the Super Bowl. Then, you know, I'm working with Big V and the Nappy Roots and we're all on tour together. We're all doing this stuff and everything just started just going That's really, really fast. <laughs> yeah. And so we had a good time and then, I had an epiphany, I think, um, had to be around 2008, 2009. And I was like, mm, I'm getting a little burnt out, you know, with music. And I was visiting a friend in Atlanta who works in the film industry. She's a line producer. And I went to visit her one weekend and she was working on a Disney film called Let It Shine. And um, that particular weekend they were off. And so she had to go into set to pick up some paperwork or something. And so she was like, Jamie, you want to ride with me? And I was like, sure. So went, we went into this set and I fell in love with everything that I saw from the set design. You know, they had built a makeshift recording studio and I was just blown away. And literally that night I told her I'm in the wrong business, <laughs> you know, and I was just intrigued by everything. And from that point on, I really just started studying myself and teaching myself. Everything I do today is self-taught. You know, I don't, do not have a degree in film. It's in music education. So all of this was new to me and I had to learn it, you know, so 
I'm, I'm really excited, you know, about how far I've come with it because there were days where I was like, do I really want to do this? You know, you had those days where you doubt yourself when things are going slow, you know, and it was hard for me transitioning from music into film because even though I was very well known in the music industry and had a lot of relationships, that didn't work in film. Film is a whole different beast. So I literally had to start from the ground up all over again, building relationships, connections, getting people to believe in me, you know, investors and all of that stuff. And you find yourself really pushing yourself more and believing in yourself more than other people. You know, and the day that I stepped out on faith and I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to put this money together, my own money. I'm going to do this film and I'm going to do that. Everything worked, you know? And so I'm really happy and grateful to God where I am today. Yes. Now, before we move on, for those that may be interested, what what is a day in a life as an executive producer uh, for a film? And, and what does that entail without giving too much of the secrets, mm -hmm. just to inspire those who may be thinking about um, producing films or or um, being alongside of a project, yeah. a film project? Well, being a producer, um, you're really responsible for everything from A to Z. Um, from hiring your director, your camera people, your crew, um, your cast, everything. There's a lot that weighs on the producer's shoulders, you know. So when we leave set, we're still working, you know, because we, we have to make sure everybody else is doing their jobs, you know. So um, it's very intense, but the best advice I can give if it's something that you're interested in, do it. You know, I tell my crew, my key players that work with me really on every film, all the time when they're having a bad day, or something's going wrong, we are really living our dreams. We have people who are dreaming about being in these positions that don't, are not able to do it, don't have the support to do it or whatever. And they're just dreaming about it. So we should be grateful, you know, in that and that we're able to work and live in our dreams every day. Yes. And, and what I noticed about your films, um, since you just finished saying that you are part of casting, you bring a lot of people that we haven't seen in a long time back on the screen. Yeah. And not only that, I noticed that you do also give reality stars the opportunity to make that transition mm -hmm. into the um, film world. Yeah. Um, um, for example, Juju mm -hmm. uh, for Love and Hip Hop New York, mm -hmm. she was in a, an, another thriller yeah. You know, movie yeah. which was very interesting yeah. in itself. So, so what do, what do, does that come into mind when you're thinking about the casting for these roles? Um, is it because you know they were close to you, or you, you know, or um, something about them fit that character, mm -hmm. or when you know that kind of thing? So, can you explain that? Yeah, absolutely. And and thank you for mentioning um, that film. It's called Don't Shoot the Messenger, and so I actually was the first person to give Juju actually her leading role, even though it wasn't her first film. But that was her first major role, you know, with that. Um, I think that I've always been someone that's always kind of for the underdog or for people, you know, talent that people really don't pay attention to, but they're extremely good. And so even when I was in the music industry, I'm, I'm always known for kind of putting breath in, in old people's bodies, <laughs> you know, and kind of reviving their careers again. So when it comes to film, um, we have so many talented people that just need an opportunity to get out there and for somebody to give them a chance and for them to believe in them. So that's really what I look at. You know, of course, they have to be able to act. You know, I don't just put people in films just because they have a name or they have a good big IG following. You have to be able to act because one thing in my career, I can't go backwards in my career. Now that I'm working with a lot of TV networks and streaming services, they expect a certain quality. Wait, 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 wait. Don't, don't, don't go there yet. Don't go yet because what I did notice about you, John, well, let me just, let's just stay there for a second. We're going to talk about them streaming services. Okay. You know, I'm impressed with that. But I saw her working with Wendy the acting coach was that to prepare for your film or you know she was doing that just as an actor like you know do you give actors their homework like no you got to work with this coach you gotta because i did see that on um wendy's um social media yeah. a few years back and it seems like it coincides with the film mm -hmm. um she was um doing with you guys so mm -hmm. is that homework that you give to the actors when you when you casting them i do a lot of them um juju actually when she was in my film she had not had any acting lessons so after my film, when she started getting more noticed on the acting side 
and taking more jobs. I think she made the choice to study, which was a great, you know, thing for her to do. You know, I don't care how long you've been in the industry, you always need to study. You know, I I'm, I meet actors all the time that have been acting 15, 20 years. And to me, they still need some coaching, you know, in areas, you know, because they kind of act the same in a lot of the movies that they play in, you know, and they need to be able to learn to be versatile and stuff like that. So this is a constant learning industry and it's educational. We learn something new every day. You know, we don't know everything. Sometimes we learn things that, you know, we haven't experienced before because it just comes up on that day or on set and we have to learn from that experience. So this is a constant industry where you are constantly going to school and learning. Yes, yes. And uh, um, I think that goes to the level, it, it makes you upgrade from being typecasted because mm-hmm. I noticed that maybe those type of people who really don't like work on hone on, on their craft, mm-hmm. they they the ones who most likely get typecasted because they play that same role yeah. all the time. They play that same character, just a different name. Mm-hmm. So I really get what you're saying. And, you know, to everybody that's listening, please take these gems because it's very important. Now, before we was, um, while we was talking about that you was talking about um, streaming services, and I know you have Binge Black mm-hmm. app, where it's a streaming services catering to Black film, Black media, podcast, all this other stuff. So how did you how did you get involved with that, and what does that mean to you moving forward in the career and trying to get um, Black actors and media personalities noticed? Okay. Well, regarding Binge Black, that is actually not my streaming services. That streaming service is owned by Jacarius Johnson. And so he um, brought me in a few months ago to help him bring some content into his streaming service because he's just starting out with it, you know, and he wanted to gather urban content. And so he had heard about me in the industry. And so we worked together. We did a few films together. And that and that was pretty much that. Um, from my understanding, Binge Black is, you know, definitely up and and there's a lot of good content there. Um, as far as my work with streaming services and networks, these are just relationships that I have where I place content, you know, whether it's content that I'm filming or content that other filmmakers have that they brought to me to help them get placed. You know, currently right now I have a very good relationship, working relationship with BET Plus. I have two films with them, working on another project with them. Um, TV One, I just wrapped a film with them in October. That'll be released, The Neighbor, at the end of this month. We are working on another project currently now. And so, you know, things are good. I've been really, really busy. Um, And when you get to this level, working with networks, you know, there's a certain quality of content that they expect from you, you know. And so there's a lot on my shoulders making sure that I match the things that attracted them to me in the first place. You know, so each project has to be better and better, you know, and so then that's really what I strive to do. You know, I'm working with a lot of great people, um, actress, director, Victoria Raul, which is one of my best friends, but we're also business partners in a few projects and we're working on a few projects together. But, but it seems like with her, like you have more of an intimate relationship with her, like it's mm-hmm. almost like a, a family type dynamic. That's the type of vibe I was getting when I was stalking your pages <laughs> and stuff. That's, that's, that's. That's what I was getting. Yeah. So can you? And, and she was, she was very. I mean, she still is very influential in the business. You know, I remember her very much. So, so can you tell us what that relationship? How did that start it and, and stuff? And and um, what do you guys plan on moving <laughs> forward? Like, is I, mean, cause I already know you have something coming out, yeah. but you know, I know by the time we get it, it's like already in the bag yeah. already. You yeah. know, y'all already on to the next thing by the time we even know it exists. Yeah. So. Can you explain that dynamic? Sure. Um, Let me just first say, you know, that it is an honor to be considered a friend of Victoria Rowles. You know, she's been around for a long time. I grew up watching her on The Young and the Restless as Drusilla, like everybody did. You know, being one of the first Blacks on a soap opera to have a a steady, consistent role. You know, and so to be now um, able to work with her and to hire her for work and for me to even be her boss sometimes is kind of surreal to me, you know, but we have a very good friendship. Um, creatively, we vibe, we, we work together. We're working on another project. You know, she directed the neighbor for me with TV one. We're working on another project. And then we have a Christmas thriller coming up called Casco Bay that we're working on. So we really, you know, we're really 
close, you know, from a business standpoint, as well as she is a mentor to me as well. Um, as much as she doesn't like to accept that, but she is, I really do learn a lot from her as well. As she's told me, she's learned things from me, which is so kind of weird to hear her say, but she's been a really good mentor, you know, of mine. And we actually met through a costume designer a few years ago and never would have thought that we would have just gelled the way that we have. And it just really just happened overnight. So it is definitely a friendship and a business association that I'm very grateful for. Yes. Now, uh, before we move on, um, you, you said you're working with her as, um, on another Christmas, uh, mm -hmm. film and you brought up that you have a very great relationship with, um, BET plus and on BET plus you produce Christmas. I mean, the business of Christmas one and two, mm -hmm. what is it with Christmas? Is that your favorite <laughs> holiday? Because I know you got another <laughs> Christmas movie outside of that as well. Yeah. So is, is that the most wonderful time of the year for you? It, it is. I I love everybody knows that I love Christmas. I love the holiday season from decorating, from gift giving and all of that. Actually, to be honest with you, as much as I love Christmas, I'm kind of tired of it because I do get thrown into producing these Christmas films. But the business of Christmas has been such a good franchise for us. And it's been so fun to where, you know, between the crew and the cast, we really are a family, you know, so we had no choice really but to come back and do a sequel and we are doing a third and final installment of the business of christmas which we will be filming this year for this holiday season and then the business of christmas franchise will be over it'll be a classic <laughs> you know but yes we um did a film last year called christmas with my ex that i produced with jacarius johnson which will be released this holiday season and then the one that i'm working on with victoria it's more of a mystery type thriller that kind of just happens at christmas so it's really more thrillerish than it is Christmas but my plan is probably to from here on out to only do one Christmas film a year um, so that I'm just not oversaturated because my crew especially my first AD and my script supervisor are like are we doing Christmas again <laughs> you know so I got to give them a break too with all the Christmas decorations and stuff so but we have yes I, I mean I would I mean if you need an elf on the show <laughs> I'll gladly step up to the plate right. though yes <laughs> but um um, dealing with being that you you know you do a lot of Christmas stuff and 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 I noticed that um a lot of them differ from the other. Mm -hmm. You don't get that same feel. So how do you keep it so clean like that? You know what I'm saying? Because when one person you you would naturally think you know it'll be the same thing, the same kind of storyline, yeah. even if it's different actors. So how are you able to make those stories so different and those characters so different? I think because I work with really, really good writers. Um, I have a really good writing partner, um, Kamara Davis. Um, we call him Cam, who is really my right hand when it comes to writing. He's a very, very good writer and he's really character driven. And so when we talk, one, one of the things I like about Cam is that I, I always have these brilliant ideas and I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, okay, I wanna do a film like this and this type of storyline. I'll call Cam on the phone at eight o'clock in the morning and tell him what it is. 24 to 48 hours later, he has the whole treatment mapped out for me. So he's already kind of in my head and knowing what I'm looking for. So we have a very good relationship and we're working on a lot of projects together now. Um, and I think that's important, you know, that we focus on, on characters. You know, Cam is a good writer. Also, one of my good friends, Preston Whitmore, who is writer and director of This Christmas and a slew of other films, but everyone knows him from This Christmas. Um, we're working on a project together as well. Preston is a good writer too so I think that it always starts with the story you know you have to have a good story in order to make a good film yes now since um Victoria Rowell is one of your mentors I noticed um looking into your um social media mm -hmm. one of your um interests or influencers is Robert M. Bankish um who is the president and CEO of Paramount mm -hmm. so have you worked with him closely already, or is that an aspiration of yours moving forward in film? That is actually an aspiration. Um, we have had talks with Paramount probably about a year or so ago about some projects. Um, but I think more so, you know, just kind of an aspiration, you know, in the future, you know, to do some things with them. Um, 
I'm really getting a lot of doors open now with various networks now. And so I don't kind of cut my hand off to where I'm just stuck with one network. You know, I have so much content that it's enough to spread around and work with various people. You know, I do kind of have my key players that, you know, I really enjoy working with consistently. But it's very important to broaden your platforms and your relationships. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I'm so proud of that. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I, I understand, you know, we all supposed to support each other and sometimes film producers, especially if they're just starting out wanting to keep it going to, going to ourselves, like, oh, I just want to work with this. The fact that you have such an open mind and want to be so diverse, that's what allowing these doors to open so you can give more people of color the opportunity to hit these big stages and major screens. So I totally uh, get the gameplay here and, I, you know, I tip my, my hat off to you on that. You know, so... Um, you, you're working on these films. You got uh, a lot of these new films out, but I, but they are thrillers and, and fictional characters and stuff like that. I, but I understand your first love is biopics mm -hmm. and documentaries. Mm -hmm. So can we talk about that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when I got into film, I primarily wanted to focus on biopics first. So I started going around and getting all these life rights to different stories and stuff like that, you know, from Asada Shakur to Miss Cleo, you know, a lot of different projects. Um, currently, we are working on the Hattie McDaniel story starring Raven Goodwin. Um, a lot yeah. of people know Raven. She has done Glee, a lot right? of great work. She was just on a, a good Lifetime thriller with Amber Riley called Single Black Female. Um, but Raven is the perfect Hattie McDaniel. You know, she's been studying. She's been really just involving herself into that character. So we are hoping to get into production this year on that as well. Yes. Now, I know you're involved with the characters and the cast, and we, we, we're familiar with that, but, like, a biopic is different. Like, sometimes you have to, well, to my understanding, you have to get into that role. Mm -hmm. So, like, how long does that process take before you start with the actual filming? Like, you know, and then what, what work does go, that goes into that? Like, does she got to visit family members? Mm -hmm. uh, a whole lot of study and research. Can you break that down? And, and, and uh, for those uh, future actors that may be on live, so they can understand what work is put into actually playing a real character. Uh, yes, a lot of work is put into biopics. Um, you know, I'm a different type of producer when it comes to biopics um, because you really don't need a family or an estate's permission to do a story on their loved one or on that celebrity because we're covered under the Fifth Amendment, you know, with that. But I operate different. I feel that out of respect, if they have family that are living, children that are living, we want to involve them, you know, so that we can tell the story the way that they would want it be want it to be told and to make sure it's as authentic as possible. So for example, um, everyone knows the the famous singer Betty Wright, you know, who we lost, you know, over a year ago to cancer. I'm working on a biopic, actually TV series with her daughters um, on her life. And so I'm very, you know, involved with them, you know, making sure that we're going to tell this story the way that they want it because they were the, they were really close to their mom. They know what their mom would want to see and all of that. So those things are important to keep stories authentic because we don't want to do a story, you know, unfortunately, like when they did the Aaliyah story and they couldn't even use her real music, you know, and stuff like that because they didn't have clearance. They didn't have support. Nobody wants to see something like that. You know, so yeah. it's very important, you know, to involve, you know, the estates and the family if you can. Yes, and I think that would, and, and it'll be smart. I think it'd be more authentic. Now, you just mentioned Asada Shakur. So, you know, we black 365. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. we, we marching into the new month mm -hmm. of black history. Yes. So that's what I'm considering yes. it. And, um, you know, I'm currently homeschooling. So, and, and uh, Sada Shakur was one of the people that we were studying throughout the month. It was mm -hmm. largely um, 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 with Black Nationalists, mm -hmm. Black Panther Movement, mm -hmm. things like that. And she d definitely came up. And her story is very interesting. Mm -hmm. And I feel like um, a lot of the stuff that you would research online, it seems like it's missing. Like, mm -hmm. something is, is not all mm -hmm. there. So... Um, is that work? Is that film still into work? And is it harder than? Because I'm pretty sure it would be harder than the Hattie McDaniel's based um, just giving off of her life and the yeah. circumstance, and you know the the kind of pressure she was under under this government. Mm -hmm. So can you 
you know, discuss the difficulties if there were any, and um, will we be able to to see her in real time? Because she's still kind of missing, right? <laughs> yeah, she she's missing, and you know, said to be in exile in Cuba. You know, <laughs> but so I said missing. Yeah. I ain't want to say nothing else. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, you know, her story is very important to our culture. Um, because there's a lot of missing pieces to the outcome of, yes. that, of that story, you know, and everything that we see on the internet is not accurate, you know, so she definitely deserves for her story to be told so that the truth, you know, can, can be out, you know, is it difficult? Yeah. You know, but, you know, I, I kind of always pick projects that, other people wouldn't think about touching or they would be too frightened to touch. You know, I have no problem with ruffling feathers. You know, I'm not, I'm not worried about that. Those things don't scare me. I feel you. Me neither. Yeah. I got that vibe from yeah. you. Yes. So, you know, I'm, I'm known to ruffle a feather or two on a day to day basis, <laughs> you know, but, um, her story is very important to me, you know, because, it, it it really shows the history of how our people have been treated, you know, over the decades and how we're, we've been given the raw end of the deal in a lot of situations. And it comes to a point where we really have to start writing these wrongs and it starts with us. And that's why telling our stories is very important to me. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. And, you know, and I noticed that as well, like it's either they're afraid to touch it you know, um, make it available for the youth mm -hmm. to, to actually do their research mm -hmm. about it. Um, one of the um, things that I use is reworks for my kids, where it's a whole bunch of different articles and, and um, readable content, and then they have um, questions, vocabulary words based off that, mm -hmm. uh, that particular story. And I was in the search bar searching for Black Panthers mm -hmm. and and that kind of thing. And they were like non-existent. Like you wouldn't find that one thing. And then even with the stuff that you do find online, it's too complicated to teach a child yeah. or um, it just feels real holy. Like mm -hmm. it all got everything is missing or is, is a bunch of fluff as opposed to what actually happened yeah. in there. So I commend you for telling that story. Mm -hmm. Is there a story, a biopic or a perspective being that you also do fictional uh, movies that you you just haven't touched yet that you that you really want to get out there oh yeah <laughs> there's there's a lot there's a lot of things you know that um you know me and my team have talked about you know with doing um one of the ones that we're you know in talks with now is earth wind and fires biopic um yes. yeah which you know there's we have a very very good story um, we're just dealing with a lot of politics right now with them, but we're hoping to get all that stuff mapped up. That's a story that I really want to do um, because when they want pizzas in their trailers, what they asking for? <laughs> well, you know, since Maurice's death, Maurice was really the pillar and the founder of the group, you know, so with that main piece being gone, you know, trying to make sure that his legacy is told the way he would want it you know, and that he would approve of can kind of be difficult a little bit, you know, when they're not really here to tell us kind of what they're looking for, you know, and there's a, a great book out on him and stuff like that, you know, but we're hoping, you know, to be able to move forward and get that one done as well. Yes. Mm -hmm. And and I hope you do too, because that would be interesting as well. Like I would love to, like you got great ideas mm -hmm. and, and concepts and, you know, um, what I like about you as well is you able to merge the generations, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, mm -hmm. in such a dope way. So, and, and using these um, younger generation characters uh, in order to tell these stories, you know, to keep um, that legacy relevant and moving forward to the future, to the next upcoming generations that's coming into this as well. Mm -hmm. So, you doing all of this under Hillionaire Productions, mm -hmm. is that correct? Correct. Um, did you start that production company first? Or you was already in the business and then um, established the, the, the corporation and the company? I was already transitioning. Um, but when I knew that I was really getting ready to start really stepping out on faith and producing films is when I started the company. And um, it was one of the best things that I could have done, you know, for myself. 
um, was immediately just to build my own structure because I knew that I had a plan of how I wanted to, to produce films, you know, from being diverse, you know, to the different type of content and the stories. And so I knew that I needed to get my footing right, you know, and so that's one of the reasons why I immediately started my production company. Yes, and, and that's fire. Now, going back into the music, you know, because I understand that you do be the soundtrack to the music. So is that what motivated you going back to singing? Like, hey, let me kill two birds with one stone. I'm going to sing this song and get a check from that. <laughs> then we're going to make a pound of the soundtrack and I'm going to get a check from that. So is, is that part of the, 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 the thing? Or you just want to do the music thing as well, naturally? Yeah, I, I have to be really, really honest because I thought, you know, four or five years ago that I was really, really just done with music. I was done with writing music. I was done with singing and I was just totally 110% film. But I have to give credit um, to my good friend, Preston Whitmore, because he said to me a few years ago, he said, Jamie, what are you doing? Why are you not putting your own music in your films? And I was like, huh? And he was like, what are you doing? He said, you are sitting on a gift that you have why are you not putting your own music in your film? So when he told me that, it took me probably about six months because <laughs> I'm, I'm real bullheaded when it comes. I was like, whatever, you know, but then it stayed on my mind. And so last year I started going in and in the studio um, with a great producer here in Orlando by the name of Stupid Genius. And um, we started just collaborating and working on different tracks and trying some stuff out and started writing and it just kind of got contagious again, you know, and we, we really got developed some good music and I start letting different people in my team and my sisters hear it to see what they thought. And it was like them putting a battery in my, my back, <laughs> you know? And so that was, I guess the push that I needed and we just back trying it out again. Yes. Mm -hmm. And you got such a sultry voice. Did you have to get um, vocal um, um, coaching um, to get back in the swing of things or you already had it in tune? Yeah, no, um, I have never really done vocal coaching as an adult. I can tell you the last time I had vocal coaching was when I was in college. So um, I'm really... <laughs> Got that me, 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 me. Yes. Yeah, so really it's just off of experience. And, you know, I've been singing ever since I was a child. You know, singing in the mirror with a brush, singing Whitney Houston, everything. You know, I spent a lot of time at home, sometimes in my room by myself. And I would still and go through my sister's records and while she was out, you know, with her friends or with boys and listen to her records and, and still them and would rehearse and, and really put on a concert in my room. And that's when I knew I wanted to be a performer. <laughs> Yes. And, you know, and, and that's so smart. Like, you know, the more I read about you, the more my, I'm impressed with, with everything because people didn't think of it like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I kind of thought, I, I think I saw that with like um, Tyler Perry a little bit where he was putting a lot of original music or telling artists to sing original music just for his, and I think that that's more economically smarter than getting like somebody yeah. who's already on a chart. You ain't got to mm -hmm. do all of that. Yeah. Run me my checks, please. <laughs> All of them. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, it, it's so amazing. So I want to ask you a few questions because even though I know you were thrown into the production every year, I'm pretty sure that ever since then you paid attention to producers, especially in film, right? So who, and I usually ask this to um, rappers that I interview, mm -hmm. but I'm going to ask you in the production side. So who's your top five? Dead or Alive, executive producers in film. In film. Um, hmm. I'm really liking Kerry Washington's work right now, to be honest with you. Okay. You know, even though she started out in acting, but Kerry Washington is a great director and she's doing really good. So I'm really liking her. Um, of course, I'm definitely, you know, not being biased, but I'm definitely a fan of Preston Whitmore's work. He's been around for a long time. And so I really do. He's also kind of somewhat of a mentor, too, even though we're, we're great friends and working together. But I do look up to him a lot, you know, with his advice as well. Um, let's see. Who else? Um, Victoria is a great director, of course. So I'm kind of being biased there. Um, hmm. I don't really know. Um, 
Gee whiz, it's so many people. Um, that's that's kind of hard because it's just a, a lot of people, you know. And then there's a lot of producers. Sometimes I look like, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> what 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 is this? So you know, trying to stay positive. Um, there's a lot of great projects out. Um, you know, I don't I don't know. It it really it really just depends. Really, I think on on I watch so many different type of projects. You know, I watch Ozark. I watch Yellowstone. You know, I watch Euphoria. You know, so my so would you would you do um that would have been my next question. Like, what's the top three movies that you wish you would have uh, uh, executive produced? Um. Okay, let me let me interject there. I do love Lee Daniels' work. I will tell you that. Okay. I do love his work. I think he did great with um, the United States versus Billie Holiday. I think that um, Lee Daniels is a great producer and director. Um, as far as some of my top shows, I'm everything about Ozark, and I do not want Ozark to leave. <laughs> so I love that show. Um, Somebody said uh, Daddy Tim, Tim Reed, and you know you work with his wife yeah. and everything like that on the on the business yeah. of Christmas. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Tim Tim Reed is definitely one of my biggest mentors, and I look up to him a lot. Um, him and Daphne, his wife, are really like godparents to me. Um, we're really close. Um, Tim and I are working on a film together as well. Um, so yeah, you know, I've, I've been blessed to really have a lot of good people in my life, you know, now and a lot of people that I never would have fathomed that I would be able to work with, you know, today because I grew up, you know, watching them on TV. I mean, everybody knows Tim Reed from WKRP in Cincinnati to Sister Sister, you know, and yes. he had an, has an extensive career as a director as well. And so... um and he actually directed The Business of Christmas 2, and he will be directing The Business of Christmas 3. So, yeah, um, I've had a, have a lot of good, great friendships and great mentors, you know, to where they look at me like they're kind of sometimes learning stuff from me, you know, because I'm younger and there's a new way of things. But I'm just in awe of a lot of them, you know, and the fact that, you know, I can call them on the phone and they pick right up, you know, and we have those type of relationships has really been a blessing. Yes. And, you know, I got that as well. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, with the executive producing film, um, writing, casting, with making the movie soundtracks <laughs> and everything, and you also do uh, charity work as well. Mm -hmm. Where do you find time for jamming? Because, you know, you're in a sorority and I know it's <laughs> responsibilities come along with mm -hmm. that. So, you know, when do you find time for you? You know, how do, how do you balance it all, being a modern-day career mm -hmm. uh, um, woman and the plug? You basically the plug. <laughs> so how you yeah. work all that out? It's, it's hard, but believe it or not, sometimes I have to get really stern with myself and just really shut down for a day or two and have that time where I'm just in my house, breathing, binge-watching shows, vegging out on snacks, me and my sister's kicking it or acting silly and me and my sister looking at TikTok videos, passing them back and forth, you know, laughing, those type of things. Yeah, are... I see you doing that a lot too. You <laughs> like that. Yeah, you're a great TikToker too. Thank you. Thank you. So um, I think that those are the things that I have to do to kind of keep my life refreshing because this is really a 24-hour gig of mine. You know, I'm constantly working. I'm constantly on Zoom calls. I'm constantly in meetings. I'm constantly reading scripts that are being shopped to me. So, it, you know, sometimes it's hard for me to shut it off, but sometimes I have to make myself do that. So to answer your question, I just have my days sometimes where I, you know, it could be on a Tuesday one day where I'm like, okay, I'm not answering my phone today. You know, I need to relax. I'm, I'm not leaving my bed. I'm going to order some food in from Uber Eats and I don't want to be bothered today. So sometimes I have to do that. Yes, and I think everybody should do that because it's so easily to be burnt out. We got, you know, a lot of pressure on ourselves. Well, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves, which is naturally given, especially in the world that we live in today where nothing is guaranteed, not even your income. So you got to make the necessary steps to make sure that you're on top of your game. But please, ladies and gentlemen, let this be a message. Find that one or two days out the week where it's just about you. Go soak in the bath take a walk, do some TikTok dances, because, you know, that could be viewed as exercise, you know, because I can't do none of that stuff. I be sweating. 
after the first video. So I know you burn the calories because of the sweat. You know, so, you know, do those things to make sure you function. So I'm not going to hold you too long because I think we covered so much. But um, is there any um, inspirational words you would like to share for those who may be coming up and trying to get into the um, film industry, both as executive producer and actors? And um, what is the next opportunity that you have in a casting or where they can they find you for that information? Okay. Yeah, the best advice I can give anybody who wants to be in this industry or any industry, just go for what and shoot for what you want to do. Don't let anybody tell you no. Some doors might close, but for every door closed, there's two that are going to open. So you just have to be consistent and persistent, you know, with everything that you want to do and just go for it. Life is too short not to be doing what you want to do and, and being happy. If we haven't learned anything during this pandemic, we've learned that, that life is very short. People are leaving here every day. And so I just refuse to not be happy in my life and not to do all the things that I want to do, whether it's business-wise, whether it's recreational, family, or whatever, you know, it is. So just, just go for everything that you want to do. Um, as far as new projects, you know, we're constantly working. All of our casting is always posted on Breakdown Services and Actors Access by our casting directors. So you'll always see if it's a Hillionaire production or what we have, or if we're collaborating with another production company, you'll always know um, that it's us and something that we're doing. You know, so just, you know, be on the lookout for that. We'll be releasing some casting announcements towards the, at the end of this month for the next project we'll be doing next month with TV One. So, that's the best thing to do and just keep your eyes open. You can also go to my website, which is www.hillionaireproductions.com. On that, I do post a lot on Instagram, you know, so you'll be able to see, you know, postings for things there too. So just follow us and follow me and you'll know everything that's going on. Yes, and don't forget to check out You Can Never Go Home Again, premiering tomorrow. And watch how Omar Gooden get his ass whipped. Yes, because he got a stalker and it's lit. And then they're going to kidnap the chick. No, well, that's what I got from the trailer. They're going to kidnap the little girl. And she's going to be screaming and it's lit. You get to see your favorite actors mm -hmm. back on set. See, you should have been with a sister. Yeah. But that's another That's yeah, another that's, conversation. I have to shout yeah. out. I have to shout out the little girl in the film, Lillian yeah. Lee, who plays Taylor. And we will actually be having a watch party together tomorrow. So we'll probably be going live off and on at our watch party. But Liliana is a great little actress and model. She's in a lot of commercials. And I was so happy to bring her on for this film because she did a phenomenal job. So you guys are really going to enjoy watching her tomorrow. Yes, I'm going to have my popcorn ready. Yes, stop see, stop sleeping on these girls. You know, stop, you know, sometimes you got to keep your little relationship private because people out there watching, they be haters, mm -hmm. and then they come stalkers, yep. and then they want to infiltrate on your love. <laughs> they want to infiltrate on the love. Yes, we did. can't have that. No, we can't. Let this be a lesson. <laughs> yes. yes. I want to thank you so much. Major shout out and much love yes. and respect to you. You know, reading and researching about you was so inspirational. It's going to be so hopefully we can get your biopic one day <laughs> and, and really show the world what you are truly made of. And mm -hmm. I hope people take the time out to get in tune with you. Mm -hmm. And what you also taught me is um your network your net worth is your network. Mm -hmm. And to try to stay stay in good standing with the people that you work with mm -hmm. and not just become co-workers, but become family. Yes. I think and and, and with that you become community mm -hmm. and with that you become the world yeah. Craig, the world <laughs> yes. so let's get it yes. much love and respect to you um tell uh you always tell everybody where they can find mm -hmm. you any last words before we let go just thank you for having me and thank you for giving me an opportunity to really talk to you for you to get to know me and to know what we're doing i really appreciate that because it's people like you that we need to help support us and keep pushing us along as well so thank you very much for having me 
Yes, mm-hmm. and since you you the open opener of my fifth season, mm-hmm. you motivated me to go even harder. Cause I'm not tight. You can't tell me no. <laughs> I'm climbing through your window. Yes. <laughs> Say no to my face. Yeah. I'm going to mama house. All of that. Mm-hmm. But you know, you you make me realize that how I've been doing. I need not only do I need to step up my game, step up my game in doing that, but keep pushing it forward because yeah. sometimes you know you second guess yourself be like that did i go too hard yeah. or you know but nah i ain't even go harder mm-hmm. i barely scratched the surface yeah. <laughs> so let's get it yes yes thank you so much thank you All for right. sitting with me it was definitely an honor thank you nice talking see to you, you. Bye-bye. bye i see you all righty bye-bye bye-bye Yes, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, Jamie McCoy Langford. Yes, executive producer. Damn it, she is the plug, the writer. The she's in charge of casting, singer. Like the girl wears so many hats, she don't even need a lace front. Damn, she don't need a lace front. And it's so I'm so happy to see women like her who look like me. Don't she look like she could be my big sister, though? Don't we look alike? Got that caramel popping thing going on, right? I'm glad. It's such inspirational to, to see that in, in this culture where they always talk about, you know, um, they uh, so um, white predominant. You know, I'm not trying to make it a race thing, but you know what that's like. You know, we don't get recognized for Oscars. We don't recognize for film. And then even when we do get recognized for film, we typecast it, you know. And since we Black History Month 365, shout out to Oscar Michaud because, you know, he was the first person to show black people in different characters other than the mammy. And so it's good to see that legacy transform into the power of even a black woman um, giving different roles because black people are not a monolith. You know, we're not, I, we're not just the gangster or the maid. We the serial killer too. We the cheetah. We the president, we the, I don't know, office exec. We all, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we're free in this day and age to see that um, in, in my lifetime. I'm glad I'm able to see that in my lifetime and my kids able to witness that as well as, as opposed to what we came from, you know? So um, shout out, to, you know, shout out to her for really leaping, taking a leap out on faith and taking control of her own destiny. She didn't allow people to dictate to her what she needs to do or put her in the box. And even though she had initial intentions or what she wanted her life to be, she had an open enough mind to explore other avenues. And look, we're here right now. So I hope we take that as a lesson and turn that lesson into a blessing for our lives and push the movement and the culture forward by inspiring those that come in behind us. This Day one, season alert, new season alert was so great. And um, I had so much fun. And this is only the beginning of a great new season. Um, Please check out my YouTube so you can see all the old past interviews and you can catch up if you're new and familiar and, and being familiar with me. And I appreciate all you guys that tune in to us tonight. I want to give a major shout out to Uniquely Coordinated for setting this thing up. She is such a dope uh, PR person, such a dope manager in this industry. If you are an artist, uh, if you have a business and you're looking out to get more attention and um, do more interviews and just to get your name out there a little bit more, have more content based around you, please head her up and let her take your career the next levels that it needs to go so you could get where you need to be. I hope that makes sense. I ain't mean for it to rhyme, but I do got bars though. MJG, call me. <laughs> and with that being said, shout out to everybody that tuned into us. If you're checking this out on YouTube, please hit that like, um, subscribe, comment, share, do all that good stuff so we could get this thing popping off to a great start. And I salute you guys. Have a good night.